0: Good morning from all things SR. Good morning, Good Leslie. morning, Pam. Good morning. How are you today?
1: I, I know there's are some I significance am, of the uh, day, and I uh, just have been thinking about answers. you all week. Um, well, I know we're in you. the midst of your birthday month. I like to celebrate many, many weeks before of and course. after. Of and, course. And I mean, we did kick it off of with course. Bruce, so
0: come on. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, we did, and we had S.R. last weekend. And so it's Holy Week and Holy Saturday
1: week. if you're celebrating, and it's, we've had Passover this week. There's all kinds of stuff going on.
0: Ramadan's going on. And you know what? This what's really cool is that the three major religions in the world, East Christianity, um, Jewish, and Muslim faiths, all uh, have... Uh, you know, gone are all celebrating right now, which is really cool. I it's love very
1: it. Cool. And Tomorrow in the Orthodox faith is Palm Sunday, um, because mm-hmm. uh, Orthodox Easter is next
0: Sunday. That's right. That's right. And uh, we had Brenda's birthday this week. That's right. So birthday
1: girls, all of you.
0: I know we have. Lots of uh,
1: April birthdays in our community.
0: Oh, we do. We
1: do. And lots of Easter blessings. I'm reading the chat. Um, We have some, all of our friends. And you got a compliment on the soundtrack today, Pam. Betty's loving.
0: Thank you. This is actually Ava Cassidy. She was a beautiful singer. And she passed away much too young. But she did this with Michael Bolton. Which is a sting song. So. Oh, love
1: it. Shell's wishing people happy birthday. Betty's wishing the birthday wishes. Happy Easter to all from Ashley. Holy Saturday and happy Easter from Brenda. Backlab ladies saying the praises. Um, lots and lots of good things.
0: Many good things. Yes. Mm-hmm. and if Brenda wants to go back to Denver because that's where she celebrated her birthday
1: Denver's a nice town to celebrate a birthday in <laughs> I would think so I it's one of my favorite parts of the world um, Colorado's just so beautiful and Denver, wow I went there for the first time in like 20 years uh, and I could not believe it's completely grown and changed and evolved, it was really really cool I hope you had a great time at Reader's Take Denver. Um, I really wanted to go to that, that really looked awesome. To to
0: that. Um, uh, Brenda, didn't,
1: the, the altitude kicked uh, her butt. I have no idea why.
0: I'm it sure didn't. it did. <laughs> I I remember the first time I ever went into Denver, and I then from Denver, I went into Aspen, which is mm-hmm. even higher. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it did that. Really, that first day really knocked me out. My friend almost so passed past. I can that, understand that. Um, when we were there, she
1: we were actually shopping, and um, at one of the little uh, towns in the in the mountains, one of the little snow towns, ski towns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. actually, the uh, the person who worked at the shop noticed. She said. How about you come over here and have a seat, and let me get you some water? Like she, obviously, not the first time it's happened. Oh, the
0: knees were going to mm-hmm. buckle again. <laughs> and black lab lady wasn't there to catch you. It wasn't you. me. I, I. It wasn't
1: me this time.
0: No, oh, that's no, no. good. That's I, good.
1: Um, I traditionally every every time, but I know every time's different. I haven't had too much altitude sickness or issues. Um, Luckily, mm-hmm. but I do know, and Brenda will laugh, that you have to really hydrate before you go. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm mindful of that. So I've done that. But it typically hadn't been too bad. But my friend, my friend Suzanne, really, like she almost, she almost fell over. So, and I love the fact Betty said, um, well, Brenda noted there were lots of books. You got to come next year um, with mm-hmm. the the sickness, the altitude sickness. She's just... She felt like she was on a boat and the on and off of that kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is interesting how altitude sickness is a little like sea, motion sickness or seasickness. It, it kind of affects your equilibrium.
0: Um, it does. And when, you, and when you bake out at a high altitude, you've got to change your ba- right. the way you bake.
1: Well, baking is like chemistry, right? I mean,
0: so that's why they have the special
1: yeah. directions for people in higher elevations.
0: So maybe that's why I didn't do well in chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's uh,
1: funny, and I'm loving that Betty notes. I always feel like Easter is the most wonderful time of the year. Everyone loves rabbits right now. Secretly, Team
0: Paul is taking over the world. (laughs) Well, I, I can tell you right now in my kitchen, I have rabbit butts. On cabinets, on the refrigerator, <laughs> my sister found these cute little. It, it's just the back end of the bunny with the, the little tail, and she's got these little stickers and she put them Aww. all over the place.
1: So I'm um, guessing maybe Pam's sister might be secretly Team Paul. Let's see. It could very well <laughs> be. I'm, uh, very oh well my be. gosh! I just love how you you <sighs> weave Paul in so early. And often, every time, I love it. Mm. Oh my gosh, so it's April, it's Easter time, so we finally have and thank spring goodness and sunny days in here the in the northeast of the U.S., which is lovely. The, Of course, with that comes mm-hmm. lots of pollen and allergies for those who suffer from allergies. Um, but I have to say, I'm loving the spring blooms. It really is, makes me happy. Uh,
0: garden, our garden is so, so much yellow, pinks, reds. It's so pretty. Uh, so pretty. Yeah, purples, because like, the, the tulips and the hyacinths and the daffodils have all bloomed, and some of them are, even some of the daffodils have uh, are done, but some are, are still coming up. And uh, I know the iris are coming up. They'll be getting ready to bloom soon as well. I love so. it. But we have had a couple of cooler days these last couple of days, so we have a frost warning until ten a.m. this morning.
1: Well, it can frost up until May, you know. Mm-hmm. So oh, in I this do part know. of the world, anyway. Um, so just have to always, you know, dress for every every occasion here. <laughs> Absolutely absolutely. Um, Betty had some news um, that she heard and wanted to share with a group. Um, she just learned the original score of Gabriel's Inferno is now available on Apple Music. Cool. Which is wonderful. I'm glad they're able to mm-hmm. uh, bring that forth. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, and Elena's noting their swings in temperature in, the, in Maine. She said, we're only 36 degrees this morning but are supposed to hit the low 70s by the end of the week. I can't wait. My bulb garden is just breaking through. Ah, I bet you'll have beautiful blooms by the end of the
0: week. Absolutely. Absolutely. So lovely. So, so. Anyway.
1: Well, we have news right. from SR. We could share. We certainly um, do. He, he responded back this morning, um, which we're so grateful for. Thank you for taking the time during this yes. Um, holiday weekend, SR, to respond and share news with your your fans.
0: We like that. So um, he wishes everybody a blessed Easter and for all celebrating a happy Passover and a happy Ramadan for those celebrating are still in the midst of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also said that Gabriel's Rapture, Rapture's DVDs are sold out at the Passion Flick store. And he is assuming they will be restocked, but he doesn't have verification of that yet. So, just an FYI. Oh. <laughs> yep, I'm in trouble. I, 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 as I, as I, um, as I show it to so, someone else. So. <laughs> Yikes!
1: That's because yeah, well, I didn't happen. order them. I'm going to be getting lectured about not ordering merchandise in a timely manner, I have a feeling.
0: Uh, Well, you know. (laughs) I know someone who will be more than willing to give that lecture to both of us. Oh,
1: Ashley noted, too, here, um, that Ben Collier, who does all the passion flick scoring, um, uh, and apparently all of his scores from the movies are on Apple Music, so they're adding all of it. And Betty's hoping oh, that, that they restock cool. the DVDs soon, um, which
0: I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome.
1: So we—we
0: anyway, we were talking before. We got a big, we have chap- a big, big chapter,
1: big um, and well, big section. There's a lot to uncover here, as there always is in SR's yes. book. Um We are in part three of chapter ten because you know we like to. Uh, to break things into uh, consumable chunks, as it were. And uh, you'll recall when we last, uh, before SR joined us last week, which was just so lovely, we had been talking um, about the lecture and about Oxford, um, because that's where they had been. And there had been mm-hmm. a really traumatic uh, interplay between Krista and Gabriel and Julia. And then Catherine kind of came in and swooped in and put Krista in her place, which was lovely to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Gabriel was fuming, everybody was uh, really worked up about how, how c- things came to pass. And Julia and Gabriel had a bit of a scuffle um, in terms of how things were handled. Julia didn't want him to interact or, or engage. Um, Gabriel couldn't help but try to protect his beloved, um, but then mm-hmm. they kind of calmed down and while they were in the midst of the lectures, wrote a couple notes back and forth apologizing to each other for not handling it as well as they could have. And uh, we are now at, past the end of the day, or at the end of the day, and Catherine, as she had mentioned earlier to them, wanted to have some time with Julia. Um, And yes, I agree, Betty, this is such a good chapter. Uh, It really is. And so after the conference ended for the day, Catherine grabbed Julia and went to the eagle and child. And I know, Pam, you've actually been there. Uh, Yep. it, It was pretty remarkable.
0: It's also called the bird and the
1: baby or the fowl and the fetus by the locals.
0: And, and what, why the fowl and the fetus? I mean, I understand the terminology, but I, I think the bird and the baby is much better than the fowl and the fetus.
1: <laughs> well, and I just like the actual name but, of eagle and child. I think that's pretty good, too. <laughs>
0: well, that is true. That is true. As Betty says, ooh,
1: gossip time.
0: Well, you know, a little girl talk yes, always goes and well. with
1: Catherine, you never know what to expect. I think Julia was really... Not sure what she was getting into because Catherine was clear. She wanted to talk to Julia alone, not with Gabriel. She wanted to just have one-on-one time with Julia. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he says, I'll have an apple martini. (laughs) Cheers.
0: Not not an eagle and child. You do something, you do, you do the local. (laughs) That is good. So, Mm. and
1: you know, I love this part of SR's work too, you know, he does set the stage and he also gives you a lot of background. He's such a great teacher in that way, so he noted the pub is also famous as the gathering place for the Inklings and that's where Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and Charles Williams would meet. Um, Catherine bought two pints of Caledonian ale and led the way back to the corner of the bar. and Julia was already enthralled that she was there, right? This was a dream of hers. You it can't was a help dream it. of hers to be well, in Oxford and to, to be walking among uh, grounds where Tolkien and Lewis had had learned and had studied and had written. I mean, it just was thrilling to be there. And I, and I understand that. It's, it's when you're in a place that you know others have been before that you admire— it's it's pretty heady, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Um, it is, and it it's, is. It and you well, and 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 you know they 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 point it out so well when you're in there because as soon as you walk in, I mean it's the old wood, it's dark, a little darkish in the daytime because that's when I was there. I wasn't there at night because I understand it gets pretty mm-hmm. crowded, or did get pretty crowded. Um, but you walk in and, and like there's a fireplace and over the fireplace there are all these pictures and uh, you know, the there's the a line from C.S. Lewis that goes across the beam and there's uh, uh, paddles from, from skulls and and that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's really, you know, it really has that whole old atmosphere to it. Because you can tell that, you know, somebody that not only they were there, but people, you know, 200 years ago. Might I just be love that too. kind of,
1: I just love that kind of environment. It's it's so cool. Yes. Um, it's just really, really, I'm, I am hoping at some point I'll be um, able to visit. I, I know we can't visit that pub because it's, it's now closed, which is super, it's super sad. Now, yeah. um, but at least we've got, we've had the chance to experience through uh, SR's work, which I'm really mm-hmm. glad about. Um, so mm-hmm. they sat down, they were clinked their glasses. Uh, Catherine started the conversation telling Julia how well she looked and as much as well as how much fun she had at their wedding. Um, she hadn't had that much fun in years and she, you know, for Catherine to give praise to anything we already know <laughs> it is is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was over the moon about the wedding, I think was really a special thing. And Julia was glad about that. Mm-hmm. And then Catherine asked if she was nervous about the paper she was going to deliver. And Julie said, of course she somewhat was, but also wondered what else Catherine wanted to talk to her about. Um, you know, and I understand that given everything that transpired, um, that day, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Krista, she was kind of wondering and and how her and Gabriel reacted. Um, I'm sure she was bracing herself <laughs> for what Catherine's about to say. Um, and yes, Betty, <laughs> Betty says no appetizers. They're, they're, okay, uh, Catherine's a badass. Alcohol and nothing else.
0: <laughs> well, you can't. Well, you can't. You really you couldn't get apps in there, like you know you. you you would get like. I'm in, curious though. So, did
1: they have any kind of like crackers or nuts or? Oh,
0: oh, they they had okay. they had food. Um, you know, you could have gotten like a toasty, uh, which is like a grilled cheese or some, and um, you know, there are there were other things on the menu that you probably could get, but I wasn't eating there, so I didn't really look at it. But it was not. It's not like you walk in and you have everything from spinach dip to. Lemon onions, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, and um, you don't get a big meal menu. You might like the toasty, or and soup, or maybe maybe a hamburger or something like that. But nothing, nothing, nothing uh, spectacular. Fish and chips, maybe. It's it's, it's a yeah. pub. It was yeah. it's not a
1: restaurant. Well, I just i I was thinking usually when you're selling alcohol, you want to have something for a. a
0: but that's in the United States. You want something salty so that you drink Yeah, more.
1: or, well, and also
0: something that will soak to up, soak the, up alcohol. the alcohol. <laughs> so
1: you're not like sending drunks out into the night. Um, uh, exactly. Says, but um, no, it's not like so that. you're a badass too, Pam. <laughs> well, this we already know. <laughs> that's another chapter yeah, for everybody. Yeah,
0: I had a nice pint in there, sat down and just took in the, took all all (laughs) of it in. Exactly.
1: So, you know, Julia and Catherine are sitting there and Julia's kind of thinking, what is Catherine really here to talk to me about? And Catherine said to her, she really understood how she must feel it being her first uh, time to present a lecture and then having to deal with Krista, that dreadful woman. I love the way he wrote that. (laughs) Catherine peered around looking to see that other patrons were involved in their own conversations because she wanted to, you know, Catherine wanted to be very discreet about what she was going to discuss. And she then continued asking if Gabriel had ever told her precisely how she was in his debt. And this is where the tea starts to spill, as they say. Catherine's spilling Mm -hmm. the tea. She um, certainly is. More than we ever realized she would. So, you know, she, Catherine no, recognized that, of course, Gabriel would a, always keep another's counsel um, and very was very much respectful. And she told Julia um, that she understood he might not have gotten into the details. Julia knew there had been, you know, that he had helped her, but she had no idea really what transpired and Catherine took off her glasses mm-hmm. and started telling her to Started telling her story. Um, she noted about six years ago she was phased into retirement in Toronto, and uh, you know this was part of her plan. Jeremy had mm-hmm. brought Gabriel on to be her replacement, so they were working together. You know she was phasing um, some of her responsibilities out while Gabriel was getting started in his teaching career. Um, She was still supervising (laughs) graduate students and teaching a a seminar um, that year. And at the beginning of the fall semester, she received an email from an old friend in Oxford. The email contained news of their former professor, John Hutton, who was in hospice and dying of cancer. Julia knew of Professor Hutton's work because he, he was a source for her paper, and she told Catherine that. And at that point, Catherine grew a bit wistful and suggested that old Putt probably forgot more Dante than she knew in a lifetime. So think about that. Catherine being this incredible expert, making this comment mm-hmm. about how, you know, how significant he was academically. So Mm -hmm. she had already started her seminar at that point, had agreed to do a series of lectures on Dante and the Seven Deadly Sins for CBC. And at this point, you know, she uh, she had a lot of commitments, but she asked Jeremy Jeremy if she could take a week off to attend Oxford. And as Shell notes. Jeremy didn't seem like an ally, and he wasn't exactly kind to Julia. So it isn't surprising that Julia wondered about his getting CFP transferred. This is true. Um, well, and Elena true. says, I love this part where Catherine opens And it's poor Catherine. Yeah, I, this is, uh, you know, we talk about intimacy mm-hmm. in this book, in this work a lot, right? We talk about intimacy between lovers and between friends. And this is uh, between a husband mm-hmm. and wife um, in terms of relationships. And this is between family members as well, but this is a really special mm-hmm. time that Catherine is, is really opening up to Julia, and I I, I think it's she pretty is. significant
0: for their relationship. It is, because, yeah, Catherine saw Julia sort of flinch at Jeremy's name when, when she mentioned it, and... Yeah, she she didn't miss much. Catherine was this very about these things, and so she proceeded to tell Julia that Jeremy had done as much as he could for them last year, and but there was only so much that he could do. She was a bit uncomfortable. I mean, you know, she, because it was because of her they had because of him that they had that separation for as long as they did, and. Um, that she had wondered if Krista had had an affair with him because, you know, he seemed to help her get into Columbia, which was his old alma mater. Right. And uh, so Catherine reminded her that rumors hurt people, and she sort of admonished her. Yeah, she called her, and... that, she called her out. Which yeah, she I, did. I mean,
1: I, I do get, given everything that we we learn in the, in the next couple minutes. Um, but also given Mm -hmm. everything Julia and Gabriel have gone through, um, uh, Betty says, you know, Catherine and Julia are becoming close when Catherine shares her story and floor said, Mm -hmm. me too. I love Catherine confiding and Julia definitely helps Julia feel she's not alone in all that has happened with her and Gabriel. Um, that's true. And Betty also said regarding professor Martin, I don't blame Martin. He was completely blindsided by his friend, Gabriel.
0: Very good point. He was. Very good point, Betty. So Julia apologized for what she had said, and and Catherine said that she had known Jeremy for years and knew his wife, and there was no way that Krista could ever catch Jeremy's eye, even naked holding a copy of the Decameron and a case of beer.
1: (laughs) I laughed out loud when I first read that.
0: Uh, that is funny. <laughs> I almost asked SR about
1: that phrase, and I was like, "How did he come up with
0: that?" I didn't. I didn't.
1: I kind of regret it.
0: I should maybe ask. Well, follow up well, with him. On ne- maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Next time. So anyhow, so she's laughing at that, and uh, she said that you know a couple of days after she had explained her situation to Jeremy, he then approached Gabriel. Um, and Gabriel volunteered to take over the seminar and any responsibilities that were needed while she was gone. Uh, Julie didn't know that, but Catherine suggests that it wouldn't surprise her that Gabriel would, what, who likes to do these good deeds, you know, that he would hold back on that. And he, when he volunteered to help, his, he was a first-year assistant professor. Uh, it was an extraordinary kindness that. it's and, Considering she was away until after Christmas, uh, which was about four months, which, by the way, we only have, I think, 37 weeks, maybe 36. Oh,
1: my gosh, Pam. (laughs) Please do not have us (laughs) on a Christmas countdown already. I can't even fathom that we're in April, yet alone think about December. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, you know, it comes, pops up on my Facebook page. That so. is funny. I have to pass, I always pass it along. Anyway, so um, when then Catherine came back and, and he was a good friend to her and Julia told him that she was sure he forgot after everything she had done for them, He, uh, she was sure the debt had been more than paid off. So Catherine paused and looked around, and Gabriel had suggested at that point maybe she would have been a fan of the <laughs> Um
1: Yes, in fact, Julia said she was, and uh, as we start to discuss this, a uh, couple more chat comments. <laughs> Betty says, me. Gabriel had a heart before he was reunited with Julia? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Elena, regarding the uh, Decameron, comment loves she just says i love sr's sense of humor and shell said noted it's only natural to wonder but julia didn't gossip to others um so i agree i think it was a little a little bit of a you know uncharacteristic for her to be saying that but i think you know it was such a personal attack that and the, such a heart-rending thing that they went through um Mm -hmm. Um, that it may have just kind of slipped out. I actually thought, I didn't think he did this as a kindness to Krista. I thought he did it as a way to get her out of his school. (laughs) When I read that, I didn't think there was anything illicit at all. It was more of of a strategy to get rid of the troublemaker and put her in someone else's place. Um, Or maybe in another environment where he actually thought she would do well. Not, not to think Mm -hmm. that he was uh, just having negative motivation, but you know, it just didn't seem like things were working there for her. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, Julia sitting there with Catherine, um, definitely said and shared about how much she loved the Inklings and how meaningful it was for her to be in that spot, um, Catherine proceeded to tell her about growing up in Leeds with a father who was a Beowulf specialist at the University of Leeds. And he and Tolkien would correspond. So, I mean, just imagine Julia, who's idolized these writers, is talking to Catherine, who actually had connection with them. I just think this is such a special, um, just such a special time um,
0: that, uh, that she was hearing these stories and I love that he mentions Beowulf. My sister-in-law actually has her PhD in Be- from Beowulf. <laughs> uh,
1: that's, I know, I... I...
0: She, that, that, well, you'd have to know my sister-in-law, but it, 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 it freaked me out when she first told me, but after getting to know her, uh uh-huh. she's now a lawyer. She's always been a perennial student. So. Well,
1: I, I just love that. And we actually asked SR about that. Why did you select Beowulf as the specialty of Catherine's father? And as Sar said, when writing Catherine Pickton, I was inspired by some of the literature specialists produced by Oxford. I imagined that she being a feisty character would have an interesting backstory. And I wanted to weave it together slightly with the life of J.R.R. Tolkien. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that in the chat. um, Because... I, when I, I, you know, I'm always curious about some of his choices he makes in Mm -hmm. his work. And I just thought that was so cool, um, Mm -hmm. that he referenced that. And I, you know, I thought that was Mm -hmm. really good. So Mm -hmm. going through, um, Catherine accompanied her father on a trip to Oxford by train to actually actually visit Tolkien. Julie wanted to know what he was like. And Catherine said he was old, like her father, but she liked him. Um, She did recall that he coaxed her into telling him a story about badgers who lived behind their house that she had made up. And he quite liked it. Uh, Catherine also told her that where they were sitting is the exact same place where the Inklings sat. So I, And I think that's significant. Catherine knew, and she actually went specifically, specifically to that table, knowing how much mm-hmm. Julia loved uh, the Inklings. So I think that was just another special yeah. kindness uh, for her to share. Julia sat back, taking it all in, looking around her. Never could she have imagined after sitting in a room with her Narnia books as a child that she would sit where Lewis had once sat. She thanked Catherine sincerely for bringing her to that spot, and Catherine said it was her pleasure. And then uh, Catherine's expression shifted a bit. She continued on with her story about Old Hut. It took her almost a whole semester to see him, she said. And I, I'm sure as she was saying that, Julia's kind of puzzled, right? Um, kind of mm-hmm. okay, tell me more. And Catherine said his wife banned her from the hospice and she had showed up every day for weeks in the hopes that she would change her mind, hoping every day that she would have a chance to see him before he died. And Julia asked, How could she be so cruel? And Catherine's comeback was, You ask this after the Shoah? After the countless instances of genocide. But in this case, Catherine said she had been the cruel one. And Mrs. Hutton was just getting her revenge with interest. And which, I mean, okay, let's unpack those couple statements, right? That's a lot mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. in. And she communicated a lot without saying speci- a lot. A lot. Um, you know, first Catherine just kind of made this broad steep, sweeping statement about man's inhumanity to man, right? <laughs> about how mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. can be horrible to each other. And she also was saying and really admitting that I you know I'm here. You know, I was the one who had been in the wrong. I was the cruel one. Um and then noting that Mrs. Hutton was getting her revenge with interest. You know that was powerful. The way he wrote that was very powerful to me. Um, and Julie expressed her polo- apology, but Catherine just waved it away. Um, and Elena said, imagine how shocked Julie was at the moment she realized Catherine's affair. Yes. And Betty says, I don't blame yeah. my wife. I don't know if I would feel comfortable allowing my husband's mistress to come over. And Flora said, exactly black lab lady that he said I don't know if I would forgive my husband I would ask for a divorce right away I'm wondering though at the end of life
0: <laughs> though I don't know I guess you don't it, know till you're in the situation. Uh, I, I I have a, uh, a personal connection to something in that realm uh, with my cousin she had uh, she had met this guy he was a hairdresser he, he was he, he did a lot of like Paul is on, he was on the CBS morning oh, wow. show as their makeup and hair and stuff. And um she had met him and I I'm not exactly sure where, but they had they had made this connection and, and they were almost living together at this point. And he <clears throat> he knew, you know, he knew my her family, my my aunt and my uncle and my other cousin. And uh, they, they, were very, they were very close. And like I said, they were practically living together. He was mm-hmm. there maybe four or five nights a week, or days a week. And um, he had to go on a shoot uh, and somewhere. And he, he, Helen had dropped him off at the airport and went home. And he had a massive heart attack and died in the airport. Oh, my gosh. And she didn't know until after the fact. And when she found out, she wanted to go to the funeral, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, You know, she, man, she was totally crazy about. He was still married, um, and his wife absolutely refused to have her there. And I know Helen was extremely heartbroken. Now, I'm not making any moral judgments about their relationship.
1: And it, it does have to right? go
0: you know, through alone.
1: And Anna had noted, and hello, mm-hmm. Anna. It was it's mm-hmm. nice to see you pop on the chat. I um, didn't say hello earlier. Um, Anna said, uh, you know, she noted, true, Betty, Mrs. Hutton was in control and getting her revenge on both. And Elena said, I think at that late date in his life, the wife would need to forgive him for her own sake as well. That's a good point, Elena. And Betty noted, I think if people are unhappy in their marriage, it's better to get a divorce than to go out and have affairs. I totally agree with that, Betty. And Anna notes, I don't think Mrs. Hutton forgave. She tolerated and chose to stay.
0: Well, look at uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. I mean, that... A lot of people fault her for staying in the marriage, but she did what she needed to do for her, for him.
1: Right. And I don't think, you know, this is... This and is their relationship, whatever it the was they the prey, had. Right. And, and what, mm-hmm. you know, what it is that you both are committed to be in for, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Elena notes, I don't disagree, Betty, but sometimes it's not so cut and dry, more complicated, uh, as Elena just said. Uh, took the words out of my mouth. And she said, I get it, mm-hmm. marriage is difficult. And floor notes, I agree, Elena, you can't forgive, but never forget, and that's the hardest part of moving on,
0: so. Right, and I think with good marriage counseling, you, you can move on in your marriage if you can't plan to stay. I mean, you know, one of the, the hardest things about being in an affair, whether it be an emotional or a physical affair with somebody, is the heartbreak of the person who, when it ends, and and it's not recognized because it shouldn't be happening, right? To begin with, but there there is pain and there is hurt.
1: Well, it's it's we're dealing with humans and humanity and humanity's right. messy
0: and as we noted
1: earlier, humanity can be cruel and um, mm-hmm. you know there's just it's very complex. Um, Anna's noted marriage is. can be self-serving um, Betty said but when a spouse continues to have multiple affairs what's the point of staying married um, and Elena noted that she totally agree, or uh, totally agreed with floor so there was always the lost mm-hmm. trust this
0: is true mm-hmm. um, so I, I personally try not to make judgments on any that wife, the, the other person, or the, the I, husband. I, agree. I, I, I am just, the same. I because can't. Because you
1: don't know what really is going on. You never know the full story. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I think there's lost trust. But I think you can rebuild trust. It will never be the same trust. But I think I have seen people rebuild trust. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things (laughs) that you often are dealing with, I my guess. Um, Mm -hmm. and Betty says, I still feel bad for Catherine. Yeah. I mean, it's not a happy situation for any of them. No, it's, it's, it's terrible for all. Um, but I, I, yeah, I try to, you know, be open, um, to and respectful of people making their wishes mm-hmm. um, and try not to be judgmental. Um, mm-hmm. And Elena is uh, commenting, so having been on the side of a husband who cheated, I've forgiven him but never forgot and I wouldn't be with the totally awesome husband I have now if the first one hadn't screwed up. Gotta look on the bright side. Mm-hmm very true true. very true so as we so continue um Uh uh, betty (laughs) needs another drink (laughs) yes yes (laughs) go up to the pub um so gabriel had given Catherine her chance to make her peace and she will always be in her debt to gabriel for that reason And that means she will always feel a special responsibility to her, to Julia. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Julia, you know, appreciated that. And she also wanted to kind of hear, so what happened, right? You know, Julia asked if she was finally able Mm -hmm. to see her friend. And Catherine told her that an aunt of Mrs. Hutton's had gotten ill. And Mrs. Hutton had gone to see her. And at that point, he was near death. But yes, She had been able to see him and they were actually able to talk. Um, So we asked SR about kind of this situation and we asked him, why did Gabriel Mm -hmm. help Catherine? Um, You know, considering where he was in his career, he was new. He didn't really know her. You know, why did Gabriel help him? For Gabriel, working with Catherine, even as she retired, would have been an honor because she's one of the leaders in his field. I think they got along well, and when she was in need, he was eager to help, not wanting anything in return. But you see how the good deeds we do come back to us, sometimes many years later. Catherine stands up for her friends at the conference in Oxford when Julie and Gabriel are not really in a position to defend themselves. And as Pacciani tells Krista, you shouldn't make an enemy of Catherine because her students and admirers are scattered in departments all around the world. (laughs) <laughs> A bit like Alexander mm-hmm. the Great at the time of his death. <laughs> God, you gotta love SR. <laughs> I
0: got, he weaves so many different things into.
1: He's just so great.
0: I just he He's is, SR. <laughs> and I'll put that
1: in the chat as well. Okay. Um,
0: and I just lost my page. There we top go. Top of page Back. four. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Catherine looked as if something was bothering her, and she kind of shrugged, saying all the main players had died. And then she, you know, and
1: this is when you know, and then she, good. <laughs> when you're saying, yes, no you one know, else around. she. I was reading that. I'm like, I can oh, tell you now. Now the real details are going to be coming. Tell us more, Catherine. Tell us more.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, and I think we all have secrets. Even I have secrets that I've never told anybody. So, I, you know, we yeah. all have them. And surprisingly, since it's, I have how many chapters in my book now, Black Lab <laughs> Lady? Can you tell me? I'm
1: thinking that you know this could be the. Uh,
0: <laughs> this could be the untold stories. <laughs>
1: this,
0: That's this, true. Uh, that is true. You can have a
1: whole volume of untold stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of untold stories. Yes. So uh, she shrugged, saying all the main players had died, and she told Julia that she didn't expect her not to say anything to Gabriel, but Gabriel, but to ask to use her like discretion, or, you know. So Julia agreed, and so Catherine's tale began. She said she had been a student of Old Hut's, and they became involved. Also, while she was at Cambridge, he was married. Luckily, no one had found out about them when she was at Oxford. And uh, eventually, there were rumors, and they followed her for about 10 years. So Julia's mouth dropped at this. Catherine looked amused. <laughs> Catherine noted to Julia, surprise, and told her that she didn't always look like she did. She was considered quite attractive in her younger years. And was that so surprising? (laughs) (laughs) I can,
1: I I think that scene's going to be so priceless. I can just see Linda. This whole scene is going to be so good because the the is going to be great.
0: Yeah, I can imagine a twinkle in the eye as she's telling this. So anyway, so uh, when people work together in something passion, that passion needs to go somewhere. Dante speaks of it when he describes Paolo and Francesca in the Then Kaplan replaced her glasses and continued.
1: Mm. Well, and I love, of, of course, the yeah. fact that she she always weaves in. It always goes back to Dante, mm-hmm. right? With
0: these uh, professors, I love it. At, well, they're Dante mm-hmm. specialists, of course. So, so when she was trying to get her academic credentials going, positions. The rumors had become quite vicious, and some of her fellow classmates were jealous, jealous of the attention that Old Hut had given her. And I, I think, because of her educational or her background in Dante and her love and focus, I think that's probably what drew Old Hut in. Um, so, but they would write letters. Um, to the University of Cambridge, claiming that she, that he had written a letter of recommendation for her by saying it was because she had slept with him. Uh, and Julia laughed, but then caught herself apologizing. Said, that isn't funny. Catherine, however, said that it was funny, and all it said was that Miss Picton, the letter that she got was that Miss Picton was competent in the study of Dante. That was <laughs> One-liner. it. One-liner. One line, mm-hmm. Uh, she was his lover after all, and he could have written more than one sentence, <laughs> uh, but she could laugh at it now. It was painful or earlier. I'm sure
1: it was painful. I mean,
0: of course,
1: e- just you, and this is where it's difficult, right? You, separating the mm-hmm. personal mm-hmm. and the academic or professional. You know, she was mm-hmm. a good student, and even though he was incredibly uh, demanding academically, I think she thought she deserved more than one line um oh. as elena says gotta love that letter of
0: recommendation <laughs> um i you know it it's funny but but they do some direct letters of recommendation are like that's it <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, and i liked um, i did
1: like a comment anna put in earlier Catherine, is gabriel and julia's living guardian angel they are heirs to Catherine. Mm-hmm. um they are yeah, it, it definitely... Betty wants the book. Betty wants... Yeah, I know. That would be quite the, quite the story of uh, Old Hut and Catherine. There mm-hmm. you go. That would be. I, that could be fun to write.
0: Although I don't, you know, and this is not meant as judgment to SR, but I doubt very much SR would write uh, as glowingly at a, a, about an extramarital affair. I think you're. I could be wrong, but I I don't see that for him.
1: I think that's an interesting discussion. What do you guys think in the chat room? I'm curious. Um, Floor's noting I'm sure old Hutt was trying to stay as professional as possible and not show his true emotions. The less the better. Ouch. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Elena said, Good point, Pam. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's. I think.
0: I think you might be right about that. Um, I, you know, I, I, think anybody can write anything about anybody, but I, that's something I, I just don't think he would want to romanticize that.
1: Well, given the, the way opinion. he
0: approaches relationships
1: in his books so far, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. I don't see him. That's not something that is kind of in his ethos to write. Um, Shell ask, mm-hmm. what was your question? Um, could you envision SR writing the story of Catherine and Old Hutt, uh, given the fact that it was actually a story about a ex- an extramarital, extramarital. affair? Would, would SR, so, do we think SR would write about um, someone having an affair? affair. hmm you just don't know. It's always so complicated. You don't know. And you don't know what Mrs. Hutton and old Hutt's relationship was. I mean, it, it, there could be a million things, you know. there. You know, She could have been completely horrible to him. And there could have been a reason why they couldn't get divorced. I mean, there could be a lot of ifs, you know, if just thinking of all the different kinds of stories I've read, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Shao made a good point Mm -hmm. Um, if his presentations weren't flowery then his letter of recommendation wouldn't be either that relationship was meaningful meaningful for Catherine and Old Hut. Anna noted and Betty said maybe as a cautionary tale of why having affairs um, are bad Um, Elena said I like I think he liked the shock factor of the affair but it wouldn't be something that SR would condone Um, Mm -hmm. and Flora said, you said it towards- can't romanticize an affair. Uh, Flora agrees. Mm-hmm. If there was redemption mm-hmm. in it, then maybe. Good point,
0: Shell. That is a good point, Shell. Well,
1: and I guess that goes to my comments about we don't know what the backstory of the Mrs. Hutton Old Hut relationship would be. Because, right. to Anna's point, that relationship was incredibly meaningful. For Catherine and Old Hut, it reminds me of mm-hmm. like the Spencer Tracy Catherine Hepburn. Um, it was such a central part of them being together; was at their so lives central in their existence. But I mean, Spencer Tracy had was married at the time, um, mm-hmm. and being Catholic and being yeah. uh, he wouldn't divorce. divorce at that time was not as accepted. Anna noted, true, and yeah. If there was redemption in it, then maybe. I, Shell, well done, man. That's a good Mm -hmm. point. So um, always good to get everybody's insight on their perspectives of uh, some of these things. That is true. It definitely was a powerful story and a powerful formative... I mean, this affected Catherine's entire existence. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she also under... She understood what Julia was saying and thought she was laughing at it at this point in her life, too. Mm -hmm. Um, She she said that uh, he, you know, she's unmarried. She was childless. She had been crazy in love with him. Um, But once she started presenting her research, that's when all those rumors sort of died Mm -hmm. down. And she worked hard to get where she was and to come out of his shadow. And that is the why only his wife knew that what transpired. And she stared at Juliet and she had tried to discredit Krista that morning. And, and there would be other scandals and she would have her own faculty positions. Mm-hmm. So because it would eventually fade away. Um, But if she failed, then eventually would people, you know, it would be, that's what would happen. So Julie reminded her it was six years away, professor, because she still was, you know, just starting out her doctorate program. And Catherine said that after all she told her to please her, call her Catherine. I mean, <laughs> not just professor. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, you know, this woman basically just bled her heart out to you. So please right, call at me this Catherine. Point,
1: uh, you don't have to be the the formalities can go away. Plus, after everything exactly came through, and Anna made another mm-hmm. great point. She said there was no social media to broadcast things back then, so it was easier to hide. Um, regarding uh, you know, and, and you, <laughs> I do think the un- uninteresting and, part of the the backstory would be how how the wife found out about the affair. Yeah, I think yeah. that's something that wasn't revealed here, and I think that would have been an interesting um,
0: but, element. You know, and I agree. I agree with Anna because the other day it was funny. The other day I was I was uh, something ha- happened. I don't know what it was on social media and got out of whatever and. I think back to when I was in my 20s, early 20s and I, and everything that I did. <laughs> Thank the hell that there was no social media because that unfortunately right now it follows mm-hmm. you. As my friend Whatever called it, it may be. she
1: heard at a presentation, this was probably 10 years ago at this point when when social media was really just becoming really mainstream, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. They called it the digital tattoo. You know, and it was in reference to, Uh you know, the students who are coming up now didn't realize at the time, and you had to kind of educate them on, be mindful what you put out there, because you're going to have future employers looking at your stuff. Um, Exactly. So have some discretion.
0: Absolutely. Of course, I never (laughs) did, but that's another story. So... (laughs) So anyway, so she, you know, she, you know, she told her forget the gospel and be excellent. And now I'm thinking maybe Sr had just watched <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> because I'm thinking of the actor who played Abraham Lincoln in that movie and be excellent to each other and party on, dude. Anyway, party
1: on, Pam. Party on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Party on, Leslie! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so, so, her next piece of advice was was going to be hard for her to hear, you know, because she knew that Cat, uh, she knew that Julie was not afraid of hard work, and she said uh, she's going to have to be more assertive academically. Uh, she understood. That she is, she is a uh, you know shy by nature, but in, in the academic world, she couldn't she, had, she couldn't be that shy. And Julia told her that um, she would uh, you know she always spoke out with uh, Professor Marinelli's class, but you know she said, but when you deliver a paper and someone challenges you did you challenge them back. Don't sustain misguided or malicious criticisms, especially in public. And Julia said she had no problem speaking. And, and Catherine's advice was to be herself, to be excellent, and party on, dude. And do not get ravaged by wolves like a diseased moose. That was a description. <laughs> um, don't let Gable defend you, which is true. I, you know, you have if you have Gable defending her, in her academics, then, then, then there were those rumors will persist that he was, you know, he's her writing her stuff or whatever. Um, they're your ideas and you need to be able to defend them. And this does more harm than good. He, and he like that, he will try to protect you, meaning Gabriel will try to protect her. And she said that, you know, chivalry and academia does more harm than good. And so, you know, Julia agreed, and she finished her pint. And then Catherine suggested that maybe they should go see if Gabriel had charmed the Oxford Dante Society. For some of them, it will make only more appealing. And Catherine said that her husband was far more interesting than anyone could imagine.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I. And of course we know that Gabriel, uh, putting that charm offensive on, come on, no one no one can stop Gabriel when he is on um, and I, I also think it's interesting you know given human nature Catherine's comment about
0: you know, mm-hmm. some of the
1: things that were revealed are going to make uh, Gabriel more uh, esteemed in some of the his colleagues eyes for some of his uh, more outrageous uh, adventures I guess mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so it's uh it's pretty interesting. And I I love the fact that Catherine, you know, Catherine speaks truth to Julia, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not just the be excellent point, but that is a good point because that was her playbook, right? Catherine worked diligently, Mm -hmm. uh, was able to perform and, and academically share her knowledge at the highest levels. And, you know, I Mm think that's, really, really, um, you know, worked for her and she wanted Julia to follow in her footsteps, but also, um, you know, the whole bit about understanding Gabriel wants to protect his wife, but that's not helping her in, in academia. He can protect her in other ways, um, and support her in other ways, but don't let Gabriel defend you. And we already know that Gabriel or that Julia was a hold her own. When she had those questions, when she was um, earlier in her career, um, when she d- delivered that uh, paper, she was able to have, um, you know, with Wodehouse, she was able to stand up to him in, in a respectful way. So we know she had Mm -hmm. some backbone and, uh, you know, she knows now and Catherine reaffirmed that, you know, know, use and defend your ideas and you, you, you can do it really well. Mm -hmm. Don't let Gabriel try to do it for you. So, and, um, Betty said, if Julia can stand up to Gabriel, she can handle anything. I know back to the lecture, right? Back to the epic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) blow-up. Um, Exactly. And uh, (laughs) I. (laughs) Betty also
0: wanted to quote Bart Simpson. I know you are, but uh, what am I? I love the disease
1: (laughs) moose line only Catherine.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Anna had, and you had mentioned something with Anna's comment about being in Greece and how.
1: Yeah, at least some the locals that I
0: had talked to back in the day, like
1: this was in the early 90s, right? Because Anna had said traditionally, um, Mm -hmm. you know, divorce uh, was a disgrace and affairs were prevalent and accepted. Um, It's the opposite now. And I thought, and that Mm -hmm. that reminded me of when Mm -hmm. I studied abroad and we had had a discussion with some locals, affairs seemed to be more mainstream. Like often people knew both the wife and the mistress and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything scandalous about it. It well, was just kind of matter of fact, and um, no, and Anna made that comment. She said, "Yeah, you know, it's, it's like funny Tachyana because I read side pieces. So some of this also is cultural to mm. uh, the United
0: States, I think, as well. I, oh, yeah, because I I remember um, I worked with this this guy many years ago, and he was born in Argentina." He went to boarding school in um, Scotland. He attended Cambridge and also St. Andrews. Um, his father apparently had a very prominent position in Argentina at the time. And he met quite a few world leaders in his years growing up. Uh, spent time in Switzerland, you know, that was like this, his ski bun years. Mm-hmm. But very worldly, if you, if you know what I mean. And we'd had that discussion one time. And, and I don't know why we had it at this point in time, but we did. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, there's a whole different mentality that goes on, especially in the European mentality. You can be married and be happily married with children. And there, there may be an, another person involved in them, with them. I
1: don't, you know, it just just, well. And um, another point that Anna noted is Catherine is the best mentor and mother grandmother figure to Jay. She is realistic and honest and worldly. And I totally agree with that, Anna. And (laughs) Anna went on to Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. Julia's a bitch to Gabriel oftentimes. Don't get me started because I know. Anna and then I really <laughs> feel Anna <laughs> and she she'll Truth. she said sometimes I think that Julia lets loose on Gabriel because he's safe I hate that she does it but dot 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 and then Betty said maybe Julia should picture the audience mm-hmm. with Gabriel's face and the next time someone challenges her she'll rise to the occasion <laughs> I Yeah, it's interesting. And Anna, I I am glad you share that perspective because I know when I first read it, I didn't feel anything like that. I didn't see, I think I, I think at the time reading Julia, I felt like she was such an innocent and so broken that I, I didn't see some of the ways that her actions were, were affecting Gabriel in a negative way, as you've, pulled them out mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i appreciate you sharing your your feedback um i noted on my therapy couch julia would cry gabriel would defend her i'd set them both straight and would get them forward i know i know it would be mm-hmm. that would be such a great scene to write i don't know how we could do it but i think that'd be so good <laughs> and shell's laughing that'd gabriel naked lol <laughs> 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 well, I think that's why Rapture is uh, sold out, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Betty with Julie and Brittany voice. I'm not that innocent. <laughs> oh Pam, oh my gosh. Yeah, well I, I can't <laughs> sing like she can. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, Shell! The more we discuss the books, the more I see Julia's act- actions towards Gabriel. I know it actually makes me want to reread everything again. I know for like the eight thousandth time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. there is a different perspective now. Yeah, to to look at. You know, when I first read it, I just thought she was giving her, you know. Wise wisdom is to, there you know, to yeah. to stand up for herself because she she never seemed to have the confidence, right? To be and able I, to do I that. mean
1: I do think that's part of it. I and I this 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 relationship with Catherine to the point of many in the chat room, it is such a a great mentorship, mother grandmother relationship, friendship. Um hmm And she really does guide her, you know, um, she actually takes her beyond, you know, she had her Virgil and Paul um, in the classroom. And then with Catherine, Catherine's guiding her through the rest of the journey um, and and not just academically, but life journey. Um, (laughs) So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm, I'm laughing at Betty's comment. Uh, Anna notes that Julia uses her naivete. I, I'm not. I don't dispute that. I do think she does at some points. I don't feel like she does at all points. But I, mm-hmm. I, I can. I can see that. Betty says we need group therapy. Paul needs to be there too. They all need to heal. And Brenda said they feed off of each other because he has <laughs> also done things that have hurt her and vice versa. Um, Julia used Paul terribly. Mm-hmm. She noted, and yes, I agree, Anna um both betty and shell agreed with that (laughs) and then lena said of course you do betty um and brenda notes i don't don't yeah absolutely used paul she always saw him as a friend and he always wanted more so yeah I, Mm -hmm. I, i think there's a lot here um i just i i think it's great that sr included this um betty earlier in the chat had wondered if this scene will be in the film i'm really hope it is because uh, I, I think it really I'm demonstrates it too. Um, a lot about the backstory between Gabriel and um, Catherine. It demonstrates Catherine's backstory. It, it explains also mm. uh, why Catherine was such a guardian angel even more so than they understood why she really understood what they were dealing with. And they didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's pretty powerful stuff. And Brenda, yeah, Elena agreed with Brenda on the uh, Paul uh, being a friend, and he always wanted more. Shell said she used him to hurt Gabriel during the F buddy discussion. Um, and Betty said, "We need a video montage of Catherine sharing her wisdom and teaching Julia how to be tough, like the Karate Kid, wax on and wax off." Excuse me, uh, Shell <laughs> said. But I still don't mm-hmm. like Paul, <laughs> even though she pointed out that he, uh, she, he, Paul was used during the, the fight. Um, bless you, bless you.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. So mm.
1: I know it's the, the pollen
0: in the air. So, and Pam, now you're mm-hmm.
1: getting bless thank you, <laughs> you, Betty. from the chat. Um, and uh, Pe- uh, Betty also. Thank you, Shel. Anna notes, I think as the mother and grandmother of boys, I'm very mindful of how females can be users and spin a situation. In my work, I've dealt with this too many times. You know, Anna, another excellent point. Um, and I think your perspective of being a mother of, of sons really is interesting because I am not – so I see much more things from a female perspective, um, from a girl, you know, mother of two girls. So this is why I love this podcast. Everybody brings I, it, I, I, everybody. And that's why I try and encourage people if they listen, I, I, I listen. um, but it's, it's so great when you can join, uh, the actual chat because you're, we're raising all kinds of
0: different, um, you know, different perspectives, uh, True, true. And you know what? I've tried, I remember with Patrick when he was a teenager and growing up, I always uh, exactly. hoped for that as well. I
1: can't believe we're um, on chapter 10. Uh, this was, like I said, I there was so much to this chapter. I, I think SR was very thoughtful when he put this chapter together. And, you know, I'm It'll be interesting to see what happens next with these words of wisdom bestowed upon Julia. um, What she shares with Mm -hmm. Gabriel, what she doesn't share with Gabriel. Um, Because Catherine did say to be quiet about this, but obviously she knew that she did give Julia permission to share this with Gabriel because of their close Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: relationship. So...
0: But you don't <laughs> no. go back to Rachel until <laughs> no. Rachel. Hey, back did you me.
1: know Wonder Woman and Old Hut got it on right? Hey, you
0: know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh. no. I think that's how Rachel would put it. I don't mm. think that's how mm-hmm. he would definitely put it. But anyway. So yes, it, is. it is that time, my friends, and it was a it was a great conversation, and I and I I really enjoyed this today, and, and what, no, yeah, I do. All it the really time. was. This was. Thank good. you, everybody. So I I want to I want to wish you all a happy Easter, uh, happy Passover. And yes, I, I think that Aida is I is next week, I, I believe. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Within the next week or two, yeah. So, anyway, all right, gang. Again, have a great weekend. We'll talk next week. Um, I know we still have another more chapter another ten another to go, <laughs>
1: um, but this keeps us going. Uh-huh. All kinds of
0: great comments
1: in the chat room, and I we are so thankful that you were able to join us. Yes, happy Easter, Alex. Glad you could come. i mm-hmm. um, so glad you could join. And Pam, mm-hmm. what are you leaving us with? Ah, um, oh, little
0: Jackson Brown this morning. If you ever get the chance to, to there's a two-part series called Moral right. Canyon.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. Go for one of my it. friends, one of Go her for favorite it. artists is Jackson Brown. And I need to mention that to her, so I will do so.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because when I came home from uh, seeing Springsteen and I was telling my sister and brother-in-law that I was sitting there waiting mm-hmm. while the guys were doing the loadout, uh, my brother-in-law goes, starts reciting the words from <laughs> the Jackson Brown song. So, you know, what can I mean, yeah, tell you? Anyway, have a good week, everybody. Take and care, we'll see everybody. you all next week. Thanks so much.